Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel. Today I'm here with Ethan. What's up, what up? I think one of the first times that I met you, we had the... Korean barbecue. Oh, and yeah, you were so yeah, scared yeah. of the octopus. I, I love like Korean it, barbecue. So funny. No octopus. No, no. <laughs> no I mean, dude, I've heard stories. You swallow it, it's stuck <laughs> in your throat. And <laughs> tentacles just stick to your throat, and you just you're That's dead. That's it. <laughs> it's so not fun. <laughs> so you were born in Chicago. Yeah, a little bit uh, outside of Chicago, called Orland Park. Mm-hmm. It's like about an hour outside of. The downtown area. Yeah. Are your parents from there as well? Um, no, they're from all over, different suburbs of Chicago as well. More like a little bit closer to the city. My dad's from mm. like Chicago Ridge, and my mom kind of was from Chicago Ridge as well, actually. Oh. So they're both from same place. And was your dad always a high school dean, or still is? He was originally a teacher. He was a math teacher. Oh. So he was the math wizard that I know. Mm-hmm. But then he moved up and became a dean at the school. And your mom. But I think he's getting back into teaching. He's going back <laughs> into the classroom. He's going to be a math teacher again. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, we'll see. Hopefully he enjoys it. And your mom? Yeah, my mom, she works at a, it's like a K through 12, like alliance group. I'm not exactly sure how to explain the company, mm-hmm. but I know they work with schools a lot and they just oh. like provide different... So they're both in education? Yeah, pretty much. My mom wouldn't really consider herself in education, but she mm-hmm. just works with people in education, I would oh. say. Oh. Did they push you academically initially? I mean, definitely. I really wasn't allowed to have, like, bad grades. And I was pretty smart, so I kind of just, like, got easy. by with, like, really good grades and just, like, kind of didn't really get caught up in anything. Mm-hmm. Kind of always had, like, A's and B's. But near the end of my school career I started to kind of slip and just started getting C's and B's which you know they weren't happy about but then I don't know everything started going and they just kind of (laughs) like they knew I was good and they knew I wasn't going to go to college and they were like fine with it so Mm -hmm. it was good and you used to be into hockey before right yeah I was a big hockey player um I would say that was the sport I played most of my life you're really competitive yeah I would say I was good I was good anyone who I played with I don't know what they would say now. I don't know what they think. <laughs> but, like, I was MVP sophomore year. Oh, wow. I was, like, seventh in the league for, like, points one year. Like, I was good. I, was, I had the whole thing together. Mm-hmm. But then I was just more focused on music. Yeah. I wanted to stop. Other than music, what were your favorite subjects? Not much. Not many favorite subjects. Mm-hmm. Except for lunch. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I mean, I was pretty decent at math just because my dad. Was yeah, I was just going to say, like, maybe your dad. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't my favorite subject. I, I don't like math. Yeah. But he helped. <laughs> if I needed help, I was like, yo, it's homework. Like, <laughs> I see this problem. I see these equations. I don't know what's going on here. Help me out. Before music and other than hockey, what were you into? I was into a ton of different things. I remember just being so addicted to like, just like 
I was like addicted to being addicted to something where I just wanted to like try out a bunch of different things that I thought were sick. Like I used to skateboard a lot oh. and that was kind of like a huge segue into like all the different things I wanted to do in my life because all my favorite skateboarders had like their own shoes and their own skateboards and their own clothes and I was just like oh this is so sick and then literally through just watching skateboard videos that's when I really started to love music because I saw all the music that these people were picking and I was just like inspired by mm -hmm. it and I was like damn this is sick like I'm just skateboarding around like making videos and like <laughs> picking their favorite songs and I was just like damn like I want to make my own clothes, I want to make my own shoes. And then I never really got that good at skateboarding, so I was always kind of on to the next thing. When in terms of like, I even tried snowboarding for a little while. Oh, I was wow. really into like extreme things for a mm -hmm. second, but I never got that far. Because I didn't want to get hurt. Right. How do you I, describe your personality back then? I mean, I was pretty, pretty like, to myself, I kind of was always pretty chill. Never the loudest person in the room just kind of got by, mm -hmm. had my friends, just kind of kept my friends. I was pretty cool with everybody. No one really like hated me or anything. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, I was just like really into whatever I was into, you know? Mm -hmm. Like whether it was skateboarding or even it was, he was designing clothes for a second. Like my uncle has a merch company, so he would always give me the options and like bring me to the office sometimes and like just yeah, didn't show me how to. Tour? Yeah, he brought me to Warp Tour. That was like my first, pretty much my first concert, I would oh, say. Wow. I might have been to a concert in my life before that, but I definitely wasn't old enough to like really recollect what that was. Yeah, like shout out Uncle Mook, right? Is that his name? Yeah, Mook. That's the dude. <laughs> shout out Mook. He's a legend. And then when you first started getting into music, you were rapping with your friend Trevor, right? Yeah, I mean, I'd said rap music was one of the first influences aside from electronic music that I just like really loved. I feel like my dad listened to like a lot of Tupac and like Biggie, like he was a big hip hop fan. Oh, so wow. he just, and like Jay-Z and stuff, like he just loved hip hop. So I always heard a lot of hip hop and I loved all the beats and that was my whole thing. I just wanted to rap, but I didn't have any beats, you know? <laughs> I was like, what am I gonna rap on? Like, so then I wanted to try to make my own beats. And obviously I was like 12 years old and like, I don't know, 12 year old rappers are like, <laughs> not that cool like usually you know so I just realized that this wasn't gonna happen and that I'm not a rapper are those files like gone or has it ever like appeared oh they're gone I kind of wish they weren't though because I would laugh at them every day if they were still <laughs> around but no they are gone off the face of the earth I would even go back to the first electronic music I made but it's gone oh wow it's so funny yeah and then how did it click to you to make some music on your iPad, like GarageBand. I mean, that was just what was available to me. I didn't really even have a laptop at the time, and I just kind of had an iPad sitting around the house. It was just like, what's this GarageBand program? Like, let's try to make some music. And no offense, GarageBand, but couldn't make it sound good. Like, <laughs> I had to upgrade to a computer. Even GarageBand on a computer, I'm sure people can make sound good, but it just wasn't, wasn't for me. I wasn't making the songs I wanted to make, mm. so that's when I was just like, I need a laptop, and I need Ableton, you know, or something. How did you figure that out? Like, what, what to get? Just like, the were internet. people around you, or? What do you mean? Like, were your friends making music? No, that was the thing. I was the only one I knew, like, ever, like, in my whole life that was, like, making music at all. 
at least in the same way that I was. So you kind of just Googled, like, how to produce? Yeah, I was literally just watching YouTube. I would just watch YouTube videos, how to make synths and stuff, and just learn sound design. And, like, that's the, that's the modern tools. I mean, you can literally learn anything mm -hmm. nowadays. It's on YouTube. You type in what you want to watch, what you want to learn, and just learn that. Like, the resources are so endless nowadays. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I was just learning how to use the programs, learning how to, like, get samples. And then, obviously, like... As I kept going, I got more friends who were into music and like Freddie or Robbie, for example. Like, yeah, did you meet you know, them like online? It's funny, I actually sent them, I sent them an email on SoundCloud like way back in the day. I just had that one song out, the XE3, the mm -hmm. Missing No XE3 Weaving Turn and sent them to him like in the DMs on SoundCloud. It was just like, yo, like I'm from... Illinois, like, we're from, both from, like, similar areas in parts of Chicago, like, check out this song. And that was, like, pretty much it. And they actually hit me back, like, maybe, like, a month or two later. Kind of Ooh. funny, like, later. <laughs> but they were just like, oh, it's, like, sick song, dude. Like, <laughs> keep repping Chicago. And I was just like, cool. And then, like, a couple months later, I'm sure, I don't even remember the time frame, but, you know. Then I clicked with them in real life and started working with Joey. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, that's just how our, that relationship happened. But it was just kind of funny because we had no idea of each other at all. Yeah. You know, at that point, I mean, I knew their music, but they didn't know what was going on in my life. Because mm -hmm. I only had, like, one song out. <laughs> was that around the same time you were listening to Flume? Definitely, definitely, definitely. I was experimenting with tons of different music when I first started producing, obviously. I was, like, hip-hop for a second. Then I was super into like house. Didn't you like, make dubstep? But yeah, dubstep was like the first real thing I credit myself with. Even before the hip hop stuff, I just was like Skrillex and just wanted to just make like crazy dubstep. And that's what I'm saying. I couldn't make dubstep with GarageBand. I wasn't making it sound <laughs> right. I was just like, what's going on here? It's not sounding like Skrillex. And you were going by your like personal name back then. Yeah, just Ethan Snorik. Yeah. And then I started getting really inspired by all these different types of music that then ended up like really shaping me into the, the individual that I am today and like all of my favorite music and that kind of became the the Weathen project. What kind of clicked to you that you needed a moniker, like another name? I don't know if it ever really did. I don't really even, it was just kind of like the Weathens first started off of a nickname from a kid at school, kind of just started calling me in class. And just be like, yo, Weathen, like every time I walk in the door or something. And basically that just became, first it was just like trap music. I just wanted to make a SoundCloud just for my little trap edits. Oh. And that's what Weathen was at first. It was literally just like trap edits. And then XE3 ended up somehow getting in the mix. And like that was very future sounding or whatever, but I put that on that. And then it just like took off. And then I realized that that was it. You know, like I'm weeping. Yeah. Like I can't change. Didn't it you now. Like, like remix the commercial or something? That was yeah. I mean, that was also the thing. Like the kid was like, he would call me Weathens, and then I'd be like, I'm gonna do a remix of the commercial. They're like, <laughs> must have Weathens, <laughs> and like did that the next day or whatever and just brought it in. It was just some like weird trap like loop, and I still wasn't even that good at producing at that time, honestly. Mm -hmm. Even when XE3 came out, I still, like, barely even knew what I was doing at all. Mm -hmm. But, 
Yeah, I just remixed it for fun, showed everybody in class. Everybody <laughs> just like laughed. Just, like, <laughs> funny. So after XC3 came out, like what was the first, like did managers already start reaching out to you? Like how did you get momentum? It was like pretty quick after. Um, I mean, at first I just wanted to get, I wanted to like send it to as many of my favorite artists as I could and just different people who I knew at least would actually listen to it. So I was just trying to get artists like feedback and support on it first. I just wanted people to repost it or just whatever, like just if they like it or just see the rea like response because I didn't even know what I was doing at that time and I didn't even know that song was that crazy. It's kind of funny. But then, yeah, managers kind of started sliding into me on like facebook and just from that song yeah just wow. from that song alone and literally i found dan mm -hmm. through facebook messaging literally but just connected and i was talking to a bunch of different people at the time just kind of surfacing but like i was super young you know it was kind of weird like you're just like talking to all these people across like the internet we don't, you never met in person, you know, you've never met face to face. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, yo, we want to manage you. Like, it just sounds crazy, you know? You're like, yeah. what? Like, manager. Like, <laughs> I'm a manager? Like, it was all that crazy. Like, <laughs> just being like 15 or 16 and just being like, going from just making beats in my room to having like, people want to make, or like, make people want to be a part of it as well, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't too long after they just started hitting me up mm -hmm. and I've actually found people that, I think are just amazing and like get it you know mm -hmm. I think that's so important with managers and people finding your team if we are gonna work with you need people who are gonna like work with you and understand like your vision you know actually with that like were your parents ever hesitant of you getting into music so early tiny on? bit because it's I was young mm -hmm. and my parents aren't like my parents are pretty young as well had me when they were like 20 mm -hmm. wow. so they're also not that old so they understand like what's going on you know and like they know about the lifestyle and they know about whatever it all comes with like being a dj or whatever yeah. like all the craziness but i think they just like raised me right and i know what's like right from wrong and then they also trusted like my team as well so mm -hmm. it was just kind of all at the right time kind of thing. Did they meet your team or like, were they on board with the process of you? Or do you, did you all like make all the decisions yourself early on? Um, I mean, my dad was definitely involved, but he would listen to my like thoughts over it. Mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like my dad was never, my parents were never like involved on my career to the point where they were like, like managing me, you know, mm -hmm. like they were, they knew it was completely separated, like management and like, being a son, like I don't think those, I don't think those should mix. I don't think it works out, in my opinion. But sometimes it does. But yeah, it was, it was a good process because they trusted them too. Like once they met up in real life and everything, everything just made sense. Mm -hmm. And then how long after did you do the song with Flux? So it was right after XC3. I had this demo that was called Chains at the time which sounded like just kind of a dumbed down version of it in terms of production. And Flux hit me up and just wanted to work. And I sent him that instrumental and he like really fucked with it and wanted to put his touches on it. And we just kept sending it back and forth over the internet, email, Whoa, and just so ended up is... making What Savages. 
So this is like within a year that you did everything. Yeah. So everything just yeah. He kind of like spotted you like when early, early on. That's really cool. Yeah, it was really crazy. Yeah. And then how did you get in touch with Future Classic? Is one of the youngest people on there? Yeah, I mean, I was a big fan of Future Classic for a long time. Very inspired by the Australian scene and what everybody was doing in Australia music-wise. And I know Flume was releasing a lot of stuff and a lot of different artists that I really liked were releasing on Future Classic. So I thought it'd be cool to release on Future Classic and Midnight to Monaco actually hit us up to do a remix of Suicide. And that was still at a point where I had put nothing out after XE3 still. Oh. And was kind of figuring out. I, I was taking so long to make songs. Like nowadays, I literally can sit down and make a song, make like five songs a day. Mm -hmm. Or like four, three songs, at least like two really sick things a day. When back in that time, it took me months to make one thing, you know? <laughs> so mixed with getting sent to remix things, and that was like also the first time that was happening, just getting hit up to to remix stuff, you know? I feel like that's such a big part of what it was to be a SoundCloud person at the time, mm. you know? Just like remixing cool songs and standing out. And what was the turning point that you wanted to do original music? Yeah, interesting. I uh, always had such a like love for original music and always wanted to do it, but I just never felt that I was ready for it. I didn't think people would understand it yet because it's very, electronic bass and there's always a, there's always usually a singer on it, you know, that I'll make the song with. And so when I was just remixing stuff, I would try to remix like super indie or like different songs that aren't like too mainstream or too pop and I would take them from where they are and bring them to like a whole different world, which was like what I would consider my world or my sound, you know, like I, I wasn't trying to, to remix future based songs. I was trying to remix indie songs into Future Bass at the time, you know, like mm -hmm. doing things like that, just trying to be different. And then I was like, I think it was, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the turning point was. I was always kind of working on original stuff, but I think when I made Can't Hide with Ash and Lighthouse and everyone who helped on that, like I knew, I was like, this one feels really good. And I think this could be the first like original song that I put out. Was it difficult, like, learning how to go into sessions or hearing vocals? It was interesting. It's, it's, it's a fun dynamic because when you come from literally just making beats in your room by yourself or, like, making songs by yourself, and now you're put in this situation. Because a lot of times, like, we're all just nerds. Like, we're all just in our room sitting on a computer for hours on end, like, staring at it. And you're very nerdy, you know, and a lot of people aren't the most social going people ever so now you're put in the situation where you have to work with all these artists and potential basically just like be a vibe and like be cool and learn how to work with people so that you can make good music you know and I've, I found it very fun and very awesome since I started doing that and it's it's been amazing I found a lot of awesome artists and writers that I love working with yeah. things you can't do by yourself yeah. you know there's when you're collaborating with somebody you want their weaknesses or you want their strengths <laughs> to complement your weaknesses yeah. and you want, you know, their weaknesses to be your strengths. So mm -hmm. it's like, it's a cool mix. Did signing to Big B happen before or after you moved to LA? Before. It was oh. right before I moved. I was like, just getting out of high school. I had got out of my 
senior year after my first semester and basically just left school and was about to go tour for like a couple months and it was around that time that it was all the record label things started happening and then it was like in January right after I got out of school that I signed and then was kind of crashing on people's couches in LA but mm -hmm. never had my own spot or anything or moved officially but after that, yeah. <laughs> How did you realize it was the right time for you to sign with someone? It's interesting. We live in an interesting world now too where a lot of artists would argue and say, or a lot of people would argue and say, you don't even need a label to do what you want anymore. You can just be independent and, you know, do your thing and do your art the way you want to do it and like control it all and, and own all the rights to it too. But with where I was, I had all had a lot of different record labels throwing in offers to just like sign me as an artist, sign my albums, etc. And it was kind of like a little competition for a while and then felt right with Atlantic. They felt like the best people and the deal was just like, you know, it's, it's just like, could do so much for you in terms of the art you want to create because you have all these resources and all these things you can use to basically just make your stuff cooler and just look better and just be doper. So mm -hmm. that, was, that, was the, that was the turning point right there. But I realized that I couldn't do this by myself anymore. Mm -hmm. I have no money, you know, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I can't pay yeah. for that, like, I got. <laughs> and then your songs with Charlie XCX, was that through them that it happened or? So yeah, that was through Atlantic. She signed to Atlantic and I had been sent a couple of ideas that she had made before and I just heard Love Gang and I was like, yeah, I want to try that out. Like, yeah. that song sounds good. And she was down and was like, I got sent everything and we got in the studio and finished that up. But yeah, Charlie, very fun, mm -hmm. very fun That's person, very eccentric. Song. So are you kind of pitched a lot of stuff now or do you, do you like go out of your way to still like find artists to connect? Definitely have a lot of stuff to choose from now but I think I mean that a lot of people would argue and say that that's one of the most important things in making music and electronic music especially is having a good vocal mm. having a good top line having good lyrics with good melodies and when I first started obviously I was just Ooh, what was that <laughs> I feel like it bounced on both of us <laughs> I just had a little mini heart attack it was like, <laughs> hit me on the shoulder and I was like whoa but yeah, so now, I mean, I've started to work with so many different writers where I'm going in with them to make a song and I'm coming out with a full song, like, done and ready to go, whether it's ready to be pitched to an artist or, you know. So I don't think you've talked about it on video, but how did the Mason Ramsey come about? Shout out to my boy Mason Ramsey. The power of Twitter. The power of the internet. That's how I would say that happened. So you kind of just tweet it and literally his just hit him responded. up. Yeah, we hit him up through. Well, I mean, the whole story is we actually. I don't. I don't know like. The little little things like yeah. the little information, but I know that we knew somebody who he followed, and basically hit him up and was like, "Yo, like, we want to bring him out to Coachella. Like, we'll DM him and just see like." You know, if he responds, because his aunt or grandparents were running the account at the time. Yeah. So 
they saw it and they were open that day and wanted to make it work. And so manager Dan was took the point and just went in and made sure it all went down and we flew him out to Coachella like the day before. Not even I think we flew him in the day of. Whoa. Kinda of funny. And you kind of got a huge did you get like a huge different fan base from that? I don't know, I can't really tell yet. I mean it definitely <laughs> put my face on a lot of different places. Yeah, your I name was like was up before. there with anyone who posted it. They also yeah. like tagged you. That's it was really crazy. Cool. It was cool to be on like Hype Beast and all the cool yeah. vlogs that <laughs> don't usually post about my stuff because I'm not in that world. But it's, <laughs> it's really sick that that event, like, I don't know, it was almost like Coachella history. Like, it yeah. was kind of like almost more talked about than Beyonce. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Like, I think he's the youngest kid to ever touch the stage. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really good kid, really funny. He crushed it. Couldn't thank him anymore for coming out. It was so sick. Like, <laughs> the crowd just went so wild, and I just felt like such a funny moment. Cause it was just like, this kid is the best. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm excited for him, too. Like, his his future. How did your... Did you, were you always in love with waffles? Or, like, how did it become such a big part of your branding? Definitely a big breakfast lover. love breakfast food. Cinnamon rolls, donuts, waffles, etc. Pancakes, all that. French toast. Mm-hmm. I feel like just before school, like most days, I would just easily just make some waffles real quick, just some Eggos on the toaster and just dip, you know? Yeah. And it just became a thing. I just like ate them so much and just loved them and they always taste the same every time. <laughs> you know, you get your syrup, you get your, you get your waffles, you feel like you're at home no matter where you're at. But no, it was, it was funny. I just ate them so much. And then I was like, it should just be a part of the brand. So you just kind of pitched it to your team like it has to be a brand. Just, it just slowly like <laughs> Consumed subconsciously your became a part of the brand just because I just started talking about it. Mm. And then it just became like a real thing. Yeah. People started bringing waffles to shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. And love it. What do you love about um, Tame Impala and Mac DeMarc? Because you really want to... Yeah, I'm, I love a lot of alternative stuff. And I love I love the rawness of Mac DeMarco. His guitars, like the licks he hits are just like... feel so sick to me. Like, I really love it. And his voice and his just like... The rawness of the sound, you know? It doesn't sound like there's too much like going on in that sense. Like dance music where there's just... <laughs> everywhere you go. But... Tame Impala is kind of like a little bit of the upper version of that too where, you know, his stuff is a little bit more produced, but just the vibes, you know, like the chords, the synths, all that they use, just like, it's the heart, you know, mm-hmm. it's music. How do you see everyone as a person since you were younger? It's a hard question. I don't know. I still feel super young. I still feel like I'm the same kid that I always was, but I just think that through music and being able to travel the world and like work with so many different people that inspire me so much I think it's just made me like a little bit more of an understanding person Mm. very chill I like to be chill you know (laughs) but like I love like I don't know it's a hard question (laughs) yeah it's hard I feel like I've definitely grown up I feel like I matured a lot because I'm always around people older than me I'm always kind of like, the, or always was like the youngest person in the room usually. And kind of in the weirdest places too where it's like, just kind of doesn't make sense, but it, it does make sense. I think being young is really sick and I think being young and making music is really awesome. 
because the mind is just so I find it very creative and youthful I think like whoever keeps making music like young people mm -hmm. is like really sick and like they're always going to change the sound and like evolve and like get younger because people just keep getting younger and making crazy music mm -hmm. what would you say have been the biggest challenges so far it's pretty amazing that I can't really think of that many challenges. I mean, there's so many challenges, but I'm sure my challenges are very minuscule compared to what a lot of people in this world are facing challenge-wise. Mm -hmm. I feel very blessed in that sense. Yeah. I feel like I'm pretty lucky. get to wake up, like, every day for the most part <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. make music or travel or play a show. I think it's been challenging to get adapted to the road life, I guess, for when I first got into it. I'm like very, pretty tuned to it now. Mm -hmm. I know it's good. I can just sleep anywhere, like sleep on any flight, <laughs> sleep on anything. But yeah, the no sleep. Not that I ever slept. I was always up late every night, like just making music. But just touring, just being on planes like constantly, like mm -hmm. and playing so many shows and getting accustomed being in front of crowds, like that was pretty challenging at first. Mm -hmm. What does love mean to you? It's funny. I don't really know. I love my family, and I love my friends, but I don't know, it's a hard word. Mm -hmm. I think there's so much attached to that word. It's a very strong word. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> maybe an updated one in a few years. Maybe I'll know. Yeah. yeah, maybe I'll find out what it really <laughs> is. I haven't found out what it is yet, <laughs> but I know that I feel it all the time. Mm -hmm. I yeah. know that I feel it. It's definitely a feeling. Last question, what do you want to be remembered for? Awesome music. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. Yeah. Either that or just like being a positive energy who can hopefully inspire people, I would say. Just yeah. to trust their instincts and like trust your, like your, your vibe, like trust your gut feeling, like go with your instincts. I think that's what I always try to tell people because that's what I've learned about my music and like Things that I end up being the most happy about are the things that just feel the most personal and just the most right and like just felt good. Yeah. You know? So just like go with what you feel, like whatever makes you happy. I love that. Thank That's you so much. Say. No, thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>